Holy shit, Dave Rutherford. What is up, man? I, I, uh, you know what's up, brother. You know what's <laughs> up. You know what's happening right now in my heart. You know uh, what's going on, man. I, I got this giant mushroom cloud of love happening in my yeah. heart for you right now, dude. You are, you are, uh, let me tell you what, there's often times where we look at life and, and we identify with certain people that, that kind of, we just know there's a connection and that's what you are for me. You, you, you come in and these random times in my life and, and you, you give me this just profound Evan wisdom and it, it flips me back around to getting back on, on, on that path that I'm supposed to be on. So I appreciate it, man. It's good to see you. Oh man, I don't know about that, but I do believe, you know, we absolutely, I believe that we we've been connected for so many years at this point, you know, from the, from the first time that we met in Afghanistan, for whatever reason, you and I hit it off maybe because we're fucking crazy people and like crazy people like to hang around like birds of a feather. I, I don't know, man. Dude, I remember just coming off that, going into the camp and, and like, you're just walking around like, Hey, let me, this is this and this is this. And, this is what it is here. And welcome to F La La Land, man. And I'm yeah. like, is this really it? Is this really what's going on? Oh, yeah. And I remember we went into the room and we sat for like hours. hours. Meanwhile, it was, it was, what, it was in the middle of the night. And then we yeah. just sat for hours and you just described this, this landscape that I was, had just moved into. And, and if you forgot, remember, this was, this was only... But what, it was like two and a half weeks after uh, the, the skin bombing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there, remember, there was this very bizarre feeling going on everywhere. And, I, and you yeah. were just, you, you were spot on, man, and how you introduced me to that, that landscape. It's a, and it's a strange landscape, right? It's obviously full of uh, political landmines as far as like who you speak with and your professional development. It's a, it's a, it's a really strange and interesting place to work. Uh, but that's, that's kind of the cool thing is you meet strange and interesting people along the way. <laughs> and you're, you know, I mean, man, I, I, I used to always look, you know, when your name was coming in and out. Right. So you're either going someplace, you're coming in from someplace. I'm like, Oh man, Dave's coming in. This is going to be awesome. He's going to oh. up dude. And, the last couple of months with just the, the amount of negativity on the internet, just like circulating around and how people are, are just they're, they're They have every right to be, by the way, I'm not condemning them for their feelings. Cause that's, that's just not my, my, my jam either way, but people can dig themselves into a hole, right. To include myself, to include other people. And yeah. Hey, uh, the one thing I was like, man, you know what the fucking world needs? <laughs> they need more <laughs> rut in their life, like just firing them up and maintaining positivity. And that's the one thing I've always loved about you, man, is like, you're, you're fired up, you're super in, engaged and authentic. And every time I've been like a little bit beat up or whatever, I've, I've like picked up the phone because I know like rut on the other side is going to be 
fired up. He's going to be positive. He's going to like breathe some life into you. Yeah. And awesome. Boy, I'll tell you the last couple of months, man, I've been thinking about you because that was not me. That was not in no rut, man. And I knew I, I, I had a feeling just because I know where you are, you know, you're, you're conservative, you're, you know, you're religious, you're conservative. I know where your heart's at. You know, most of the time I, I think I kind of know where, where you're at. And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. this is, this is a rough time for, for rut. He probably needs some frog logic coming in from like some <laughs> other, from some, from some other guys coming in right now. He probably oh needs some, like, some maybe like, uh, uh, Evan logic coming yeah, in. On, yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but I was like, man, coffee logic, right? Coffee logic. <laughs> I don't know. But no, I, it's I, uniquely Evan logic for sure. I, <laughs> I definitely did, man. I tell you what, I, it's been a long time, man. The last time I hit that kind of spell was going through my divorce. That was debilitating, right? Where you have the whole construct of what what love is in your mind be decimated into a thousand million pieces. And then having no idea how to reassemble that, you know, with right. my little Elmer's glue and trying to, wow, what value, what, what, what value system do I need to bring back here? What, you know, what virtue is actually real and what's bullshit. And, right. and, and before that it was getting out, you know, that transition of getting out and how dark that was for me. And, and then, you know, I can go all the way back to college in those dark days then, but, and this one has been different. Yeah. And this one has been really tough on me because I, I first and foremost, and I, you know, and you're not the only one who's called, trust me. I, and, and it's been a series of, of, of very, very close, my closest friends who felt what you felt and they were worried. Well, one, because I stopped posting, right? I stopped yeah. posting my daily doses. I stopped, you know, I, I did, I still get shows, but it, they weren't the same. Um, and, and people, it fell off and I started getting a lot of emails. Well, you know, what, are you okay, Rudd? Are you okay? And, and I honest God, no, I have not been okay. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've really tried to uh, deconstruct why, I mean, why, why is this affecting me as much as it, as it is? And, you know, initially you want to say, oh, it's political, you right. know, and, and you're, we're digging our, our flags in the ground and we're standing on our hilltops. Yeah. And we're, you know what I mean? And yeah. we're, we're digging in, in this ideological space. And I was like, man, that's exactly not the right thing to do. Right. You know, not right now. I don't right. believe. Um, but what is a place we need to dig in is we need to dig in in, in in our faith in one another. And I was having a tough time with that. Right. And I, 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 it was, it was tough for me to watch the vitriolic hatred. I mean, it really is hatred that people have been throwing at each other, that friends, right? Close friends, the colleagues work environments have been torn apart and imagine the families, right? Even my own family has struggled with this. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, when all of that begins to break down, man, it's like, I was trying to find that stable ground. Right. And I didn't know where to look. I didn't know which degree, you know, I'd be in the Bible and I'm trying to find Stuff, but I, you know, you can only read Psalm twenty three so many times. Right? <laughs> you know, yay! Though I walk through the valley, yeah, I got it. Yeah, man. I got but, it. 
Yeah. When do I get to stop walking? When do those quiet <laughs> waters start lapping on me on the face, right? When do I get to sit at the table and have the, right. you know, the oil anointed over me and my enemy? Right. And, and, and I didn't feel like there was, that was going on. And I didn't know how to deal with that. Quite frankly, I, I, man, I, it's funny. You throw everything else at us, right? You can put us in combat. You can put us in uh, business. You can put us in relationships. Well, maybe we're not so good in relationships, but you can put <laughs> us in, you know, parenting issues. All right. this, and we will figure that shit out, man. Yeah. But when it comes to something that we believe so deeply in, which is the fabric of America, right? The things that weave us together, that hold our nation together, when those are visibly tearing apart, man, that goes beyond my pay grade, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that freaked me out. Yeah. I, and I, and I, and I went into this kind of dark space for, for about really about two and a half months. Well, and I, I think I could see it from the external, but I felt it too. Right. So, you know, when you love your country and you love your fellow countrymen, um, you know, the, 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 the things that make us unique are also some of the things that people can identify to, to separate and divide and ultimately conquer. Right. And I, it's, it, it's interesting for me because I started reading this year. I've, I've, I've gone back and I started reading the books of some of the, the founding fathers. So oh, wow. their biographies and John Adams, I, the Federalist oh, yeah. Papers, Madison. Oh, yeah. yep. Dude, do you know how insanely incredible Madison was? They were I mean, incredible. Ma I mean, these, these were, these were men who, who realized that the, the, <laughs> the roadmap to uh, an, a, a new society was possible. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really push themselves intellectually to figure this shit out. I, and it's, and it's so interesting. So if I, you know, if I kind of start at kind of the beginning of my thought process with some of this and then bring us into, you know, full scape context now is these guys, one, they, they were, they were, they were feeling a tyrannical government and what it feels to be under uh, an oppressive regime, right? So mm -hmm. they were feeling the entirety of that, both physical, both economic. They were, they're feeling the weight of the regime, right? And mm -hmm. also they were feeling uh, underappreciated because of what value they brought, obviously, to Britain. There's a wide variety of things, right, that were going on that I obviously could spend hours and hours. <laughs> we could do like a whole series, yeah. the Evan and Russ series on American history. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Just like literally, like, you knuckle Jack fucking <laughs> talk about the revolution. It'd be well, so. I love the videos you guys do with, with operators watching war movies. We should do. Operators making commentary on history. <laughs> Operators teaching history. Operators <laughs> teaching history. This is how fucking wrong we are. Uh, and but I started to think about the the intellectual advancement mm. in the in the individuals and the difference between obviously what they were dealing with then and kind of what we deal with in the United States and internationally now and the 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 burden of technology, right? So the burden of being constantly connected 
and the ability to communicate literally within fractions of a second and ultimately misarticulate or articulate, uh, that is a burden in itself, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're ultimately a slave to communication and in so many different ways we could unpack how like we're, we're a slave to the, you know, our, our phones and a, and a wide variety of technology. But what these guys had is something that we don't have, which is they had hours of silence, riding horses and walking and sitting in the evenings, weeks at a time, ultimately even leading into the revolutionary war where their minds weren't polluted with, the ding of a telephone every fucking 15 Mm -hmm. seconds. (laughs) What they had was the light of a candle, the pen, a paper, and then maybe some books. And ultimately the books were, were, were few and far between because they're not, you know, Google, but they had the ability to think and really become introspective in their, their daily lives in a cadence that we don't have to include during the war. Because even as you look at the Revolutionary War, how many battles were fought, how often, these guys had weeks, months at times where they weren't fighting. Mm -hmm. And they were pulling in this information that they could feel. It was so visceral between both what was happening on the British side, what was happening on the American side. They were hungry, they were cold. They were pushed into circumstances where ill-equipped, ill-equipped. They were reliant upon each other. They were reliant on foreign powers. I mean, there's a wide variety of reasons. You know, I've, I've, I've been thinking about this so often because Washington, he was the, the glue that ultimately held everything together. And everybody admits it to include you know, Franklin Adams, they all uniformly before they died said there would be no America, United States, without one single personality. Principled personality. Principled. Yeah. And that's the difference, right? Huge difference. The other thing that I, when I'm like looking at how they, they were intellectualizing both their emotions and looking at these things, they'd have weeks and months to think about this. So they, they, their emotions, if their emotions were running high and they were charged up with, you know, hate and violence, they didn't have the ability to jump on a cell phone and tell people how emotionally charged they were. They actually had to think through the process, dip their feathers in ink, write it onto paper, misspell shit, scratch it out. And then they had to fold that up and send it to somebody, right? And it'd be a courier, right? Yeah, courier to get to someone. Uh, And I, I think one, that was extremely valuable because you can read what they were thinking about, obviously, you know, volumes of Washington's letters and his couriers. Like, I think there's 50 plus volumes of Mm -hmm. Washington's writings back and forth during the Revolutionary War. When you look at Alexander Hamilton and what he was Mm -hmm. thinking about researching, these guys had time to do research on government and, and, and funding systems while they were at war with Britain. Like, come on, man. Like, you and I didn't have time to take a shit at times, <laughs> you know, like little, little unpack 
And I, our and our leaders were like rolling the dice and playing Yahtzee for the next tactical decision that could yeah. affect the entire world war, you know, right? Right. Absolutely. Like these guys were doing research on federal banking systems and how they could actually borrow money in order to fund a war. Uh, and I'm thinking, what? How in the how in the hell could you guys have done that? Well, because they had weeks of time. Yes. Very specific battle lines as far as like, and just think the structure of battle and how different it was then too. So right? much different. Uh, I, I like, I even want to, you know, take it one step before that, right. Where you, you move into the space of, of, all right. It, you know, what references are they pulling from? Right. Like you said, they, they didn't have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking up here, you know, I look behind you, hundreds of books, thousands of pieces of information that can, we can, we have to collate, coalesce, regurgitate and, and implement in some rational way instantaneously. And, yeah. and so the, like you, as you said, as, as John Adams is sitting there and, and contemplating the, the request to join the continental Congress, right? Right. This is a guy who defended British soldiers and, and you know, that massacre yeah. that happened, right? This is a guy that uh, was angry with his cousin, Sam Adams, for the, the to stirring the pot, but then gets to this very critical moment after Lexington and Concord, where he, he realizes the fragility of his family's uh, ability to exist in a peaceful place uh, and on their own accord, right? To, yeah. to grow their own crops, to, to raise each other, to support them and their neighbors next door. You know, they're making decisions that are relative to the, the, the absolute, the absolute cause and effect of decisions and, and, and really in moralistic terms. Whereas now those, these decisions that are being made in front of our eyes are literally being made for one reason, one reason only, which is the consolidation of power. Yeah. And they're not thinking about you. They're not thinking about me. They're not thinking about my children and how this is going to affect them. They don't care. And for me, that's what was, is so painful right now and saying, Hey, can everybody just put the brakes on and really think about what you, what, what you're saying or what you don't want me to say or, right. you know, and that's a, that's a, that's a scary time, right? Where you're right. Time has, doesn't have the same weight it once do, did in our lives, which is uh, uh, the weight of constraint, the weight of, of, of really deep think, real critical, deep thinking, moral thinking, value thinking, and thinking that is, is uh, a derivative of, of a, a, a future, a future that is uncertain. But if you, if we can really do this right, we can create something special, man. I'm just, I don't think anybody thinks like that anymore. Unfortunately, when no, some people have, have, some people. have, you know, I think we see it within our community. I think we see it. I think that the, uh, I think what we're experiencing more than anything is a, is a, Social media has given people the ability to um, establish followings, but ultimately they have no uh, leadership traits. So interesting, uh, you know, because a person has a blue check mark and, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers, ultimately people think of them as thought leaders. 
know, it's validated voices across the board and, you know, 120 characters or less uh, as some type of assumptive intellectual that has the ability to not only digest, but then uh, coherently string together a logical strategic thought. And I think what we're experiencing right now is a void of leadership and a cloud of chaos because people have a hard time truly differentiating between who is a leader, like a real no shit leader that has been, uh, has been exercising leadership and management the majority of their lives mm -hmm. uh, and somebody that has uh, a voice. That's, that's not, that's not, th those, th those don't necessarily live on the same platform. And that's across the board. I think when you have, um, you know, obviously there's, there's like blue check marks across the board, but you know, I, I put this meme up last year where it was a comparison between, uh, freshman congressmen and one, obviously freshman congressman that, uh, I, I like is Dan Crenshaw, right? I like Dan. I think he's a good principled individual. I think he's a, he's, he's got a lot to say. And more importantly, I think that he has uh, experience and then an, another layer of knowledge on top of that, that validates his information and ultimately makes it credible. And then you have AOC on the other end, right? Mm -hmm. So. Uh, and then you've got something kind of in the middle, more like Tulsi Gabbard. Right. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I want, I want more people like that, but obviously there are certain, because of the way our system has evolved right there, you got to keep getting elected and you got to keep raising that money and you got to keep going to the dinner parties and you got to keep shaking hands and you got to keep meeting with the lobbyists and you got to keep doing this and you got to keep doing that. And it's a, you know, it's, it, it is a never ending, never stopping business um, to, to maintain some type of power. And then even if you get in, you know, that, that's just the process of once you've gotten in, once you've, once, all right, let's even back up even sure. further, right? Right. Who would want to jump into this game right now? Right. <laughs> who, who, who would, who would even want to jump into the middle where things are being said, where, where, uh, uh, a guy in Congress who has no legs is questioned about his devotion to American democracy. I mean, why would you even want to do that? Um, and yeah, you know, I think you're going to always find those. You're going to find a wide variety of people that are either altruistic in their endeavor that mm -hmm. are truly selfless servants of our, of our country you know, the unfortunate thing is, is there's not a vetting process that, that ultimately, like, for instance, you and I had to go through a wide variety of physical and psychological screening to even be able to try out mm -hmm. for, right. So there is nothing like that in the, the, the political system that allows us to truly understand what a person's intent is. So ultimately you're left trying to decide through both their communications and actions and whether or not they're just, uh, you know, selfish or if they're power hungry or if they're looking to promote themselves for individual wealth or whatever it might be, right? There's an alternative motive. Uh, and I think what happens 
which isn't accurate, but ultimately we lump everybody into every political person. We get lumped into these two parties, two parties, and they're all shit, right? So ultimately (laughs) that's what people default to. They're just like, they're both there. I think Congress, there's a, there's a piece of data that I, I was reading a while ago that Congress says, is less of a, an approval rating than like the Itola, right? And to me, I think there's a fundamental, I think there's a combination of things going on here. I think one, there's a fundamental lack of understanding how politics works in America. And then there's a default for people to just judge it and oftentimes misjudge how complex it is mm-hmm. and how working with people across the aisle in order to get a piece of legislation through is difficult, right? It's fucking difficult. So there's a lack of respect. And intended to be so, right? It's intended to be so because it's encouraging debate. Mm -hmm. Which is good for us, by the way, because what we don't want is we don't want a highway, at least from my perspective, you don't want a highway that legislation can just continue to fucking drive through at 80 miles an hour every day, right? 100%. (laughs) You get get relief packages that are 10,000 pages long that are giving, you know, we're, we're doing... We're we're giving money to places, foreign countries, when 110,000 restaurants or something crazy have shut down, where small business are decimated. And and so what is that about? What is that about? And I think that that what that is about is we we see the voices of everyone involved that's participating in legislation, right? You see the voice. And that's corporate interest, that's personal interest, that's you know, power hungry lobbyists and politicians and then altruists. And you got all these fucking competing interests, but ultimately, and I said this the other day on one of our other podcasts, which is the American taxpayer, what they often get with legislation is my analogy is you walk in to a restaurant, you order a BLT, waitress (laughs) comes out and she's like, here's your BLT. But then I also need you to take this rotting hat that I made out of this old tuna fish and you're going to wear that. And then this is your old donkey. That's just about ready to die that you have to fucking ride around. It's got shit smeared all over its side. That's also going to go home with you. And Oh, by the way, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face every five seconds for the next two hours. But there's your BLT. It's like the taxpayers sitting here going, I just wanted a sandwich, man. Like that's what I wanted. I just wanted a BLT. But then it's like, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face every 15 seconds. Here's your old donkey and there's your fish hat. That's what <laughs> legislation feels like. And then we, we have every right to be like, what the fuck is broken with this, man? I just want a BLT. That's like, it. The economy is in the shitter. Corporate interests are fucking consolidating as fast as they can. Every section of the American economy as fast as they can. And the best we can do is say, we're going to give everybody a couple thousand dollars in America. And that's like, what? (laughs) You got 30% of the businesses are permanently shut. Small businesses are permanently shut. And, you know, California suicide rates are, you know, four or five. They're skyrocketing, like drug abuse and suicide and fucking small business closures. And you guys are giving us this fish hat (laughs) and a BLT. 
No a shitty BLT, like shitty BLT. a nasty one with like the ones you get at the airport stops. That, <laughs> you got to peel open the fucking. Oh, like the saran wrap is, is like you can see somebody's pubic hair underneath the saran wrap, man. And you're like, I, and they're like, and someone's looking at you, eat it. You know? Eat it. But, but you but, have to eat but, it. But eat it with your mask on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Brother, I, I, I feel you. And this is part of, of why, you know, this, the light in me has, has been, you know, has been that air to that has been, been suffocated somewhat. Yeah. And, you know, at, at, you know, me, I, I'm, I'm the guy who I want to find the way around it. I want to find the thing that's going to make everybody do exactly what you said and just take a step back and reflect. And put pen to paper and journal about, hey man, what is what is what is our purpose as a nation? What is our purpose as a as a, a politically as an elected leader? What is our purpose as a business owner? What is our purpose in our congregations? What is our purpose as as on the streets and as family members? What is our purpose? And and what we're seeing is is the purpose that we're witnessing just in front of our eyes is not our purpose. And right. it's not just if you've got an R next to your name or you've got a D next to your name, because I think everybody's suffering right now and, and immensely. I mean, you know, this is the longest state of existential state that our country's been in since, since nine 11. Right. And, and even then it was just like, you know, it, it, it spiked. And then by, you know, that, <laughs> dude, I remember the first airstrikes, remember the first airstrikes, the end of October, you know, we're wow. dropping, we're dropping a hundred JDAMs a day or some crazy shit, wow. right? You've got CAG that's, you know, driving uh car's eye on a moped in, into Kandahar. And yeah. we're like, this it's on. All right. And everybody on. flips and everybody's back off. But now, man, this is, man, we are not, the human psyche is not conditioned for an extended limbic state, right? It's too much cortisol. That's much. why our friends are killing themselves because of the long-term exposure to this type of, this type of weight on us. And, and, and now what we're seeing is, you know, you've got a nation that literally is just like enough already, enough, just fix it, be over, be done with it. And as we're, we're sitting here, you know, you know, trying to just get the energy to get up every day to go to work. And then all of a sudden you go into work and, and they shut your website down or you go into yeah. work and, 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 and someone has a COVID outbreak. And then the, the, the local guy in your town forces your business to shut down for another 14 days until everybody can, you know, and it's just like, it's just one thing after the other man. And, and like you said, people aren't having the time to take a step back and say, what is our purpose right now? And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's not a healthy place. And we're seeing that, man. We are seeing, you know, and, I, and it's every, everyone I know. It's not just all of us, right? right. And, and the texts we're sharing with each other. Hey, man, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? What, what's going right. on? Oh, I'm hearing this. I'm hearing that. Are you ready? Are you ready? All that shit, whatever. It, it's more like, you know, hey, how's your mental health? Yeah. You know, I'm getting on phone calls with dudes that are, that are, that are hurt, that have a feeling of betrayal, that are, that are suffering, that don't know what they're going to do next, that, that feel as if we're lost. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, it, who is going to bring 
you know, that purpose back to the forefront of our consciousness. Who, whose responsibility is? Because it doesn't seem like those that we've elected to be responsible for this clarity, this purpose, this drive in one, one unified direction, even if that's possible anymore. I don't know if it's ever really been, but at least we can all kind of be like bumper cars, you know, sure. <laughs> going together. But it's like, who, who now everybody's purpose is, it's my own purpose. My yeah. purpose is the purpose. Wait a minute. Have you thought about how your purpose is going to affect the guy next to you and the woman next to you and the kid behind the family behind? Nah, fuck it. I don't care. That's not, it's my purpose. And my purpose right now is, is, is to become more powerful. Yeah. I, I mean, I see it. I think, you know, I think that just like you, I think the last several months, you know, to touch on what you're talking about. I think, you know, my biggest fear that the, the company company has been fine, right? It keeps growing and, you know, we keep hiring more people. I didn't have to lay off anybody, which I'm super, super happy with, you know, my biggest fear in the last couple of months has been waking up every, every morning because I I'm afraid of what's going to be taxed on my phone and not because I'm afraid of talking to my friends. No, I'm afraid of getting a text from their wife or their you know, their, their brother, you know, so-and-so has, you know, killed himself. Like that's the bottom line is the long-term psychological effects of these lockdowns. In my mind, they're, they're taking away our ability to pursue happiness, right? It's life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Amen. And that's contradictory to the American way of life. It's contradictory to human behavior. We're social animals. I would much prefer you to be in studio because we'd have a better conversation. We'd fucking hug and we'd talk mm -hmm. and we'd fucking drink coffee. It's a visceral human experience that, oh, by the way, we need. And to have people deem you don't need that in your life. You don't need that. It's like, what? That's just as important as fucking food and water and everything else. It's more, Man, this is, it's more, more. important. It's more important. The human condition is not about just staying alive. Fuck off. It's mm -hmm. about living life. And Amen. To have people say that you don't, to stay alive is just to live and you. To you stay alive in fear. To stay, stay alive in fear. Afraid. Be afraid because you're going to kill your mother. You're going to yeah. kill your grandfather. You're going to kill your uncle. You're going to kill someone else. And your little, your little uh, death tickers on the bottom. Well, right. And that, and that was the thing that I, I was talking to my wife about the other day. It's like, so our, our, our need to socialize with other humans because we're human beings, right? Which is a necessity of life. It's living life collectively. Mm -hmm. That's taken away. And then when you, you're a small business, and this is how you feed your family. Oh, by I, I just have a really hard time intellectualizing how it is that some people deem uh, some people ne necessary, right? essential. essential, essential. It's like if this is my small business and I own a restaurant, this is how I feed my family. This is how I, you know, put my kids through school and buy milk and put it in the refrigerator. That is a necessity to me. I am essential. I am essential. My business is essential. 
Amen. The government, the, 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 the federal government outside of our local communities is a one size fits all. And most of the time when you have 340 million people in the United States, if you have one shoe to wear, it's only going to fit a small percentage of the American population really well. Everybody else, it's going to be too big. It's going to be too small. It's going to be too wide. It's going to be ill-fitting and it's going to ultimately cause pain. So it really, it does get me a little bit fired up and supercharged when you have people deeming, you know, the, the people, right? The people in our institutions deeming things essential and non-essential. So it's okay for me to go buy a two by four at Home Depot but it's not okay for me to be able to go and have a, a religious ceremony. Work or, out. Religion. Go to my gym. Go to my gym. I have to you know, exit my house and put on a fucking mask and walk my dog in the middle of the park when there's not another person that's 30 feet away from me. But I can take my mask off when I eat in a restaurant if, if that's the policy. Right? So it's an incoherent gibberish of policies that people ultimately... If they haven't intellectualized it, they can feel that it's they feel it. They it's feel incoherent. It. It's bullshit. Yes. It's like, oh my God, this is this is crazy. So I have to wear this here, but I don't have to wear it here. And don't get me wrong, I I I I think that the states and the local communities ultimately have to have the, the most authority that they can. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't feel that we can have a buffet in our freedoms. And ultimately I think that you know the, the states and local communities have a better idea as to how to craft a response to something with federal help. Right. 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 But it's crazy to me that we have to spend six, you know, we're six feet apart in line to get on the plane because we got to keep social distance. And then we get on the plane and we're 12 inches away from the fucking head behind us. <laughs> and, it, and then my restaurant that keeps, you know, or if I'm a restauranteur and I, I, yeah. I own it, you can't open it, but Home Depot's open, Costco's open because they're essential. Amazon's open. Yeah, Amazon's open for sure. Yeah, yeah, Amazon's, Amazon's open round the clock. <laughs> round the clock, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yep. And I think it's just been really interesting. It's it's one, it's been really horrifying to watch because one, the incoherent gibberish coming out of uh, the information systems that we have. And I continue to remind people about the, you know, the federal government also created the food pyramid. So just so everybody understands, they also, they're also the guys that created the food pyramid. So remember who the fuck you're taking health advice from, just so you know. Right? Oh, that's so, awesome, so, you know, like, I, so, you know, all these people are beating the drum about how, you know, we just have to listen you know, to the health professionals. And it's like, do what you're told. Which one? Because there are thousands of health professionals that are never necessarily in in agreement either. But then the ultimate blame always goes down to the citizenry, right? Mm -hmm. It's your fault because you're angry. Yes. You did this. You're conspiratorial. You're, you're, (laughs) you're anarchist. You're, 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 uh, all these labels they want to castigate us with. Castigate. And ultimately I don't see a lot of people stepping into the fray and taking responsibility for what's happening and saying, Oh, we've made a lot of 
poor decisions. Ultimately, the responsibility is mine. I'm congressman so-and-so. I'm senator so-and-so. This has been my job or whomever it is. I'm the governor of this. And at the end of the day, I think people just stop listening. Like they just stop listening and just go, okay, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do here. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's so incoherent. We don't know who to listen to. You know, by the way, it's anti, it, a lot of these policies are completely un-American. So hundred percent, you see mayors and senators and governors going off and doing their own thing, but then you have to live in, under, under this umbrella of rules. And if you break them, we're going to shut your business down. We're going to drain your bank accounts. We're going to do all these other things. Right. And it's like, okay. Do as I say, not as I do. And, and, and that always goes back to absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And that's the challenge, right? We, like you said, we're, when you oppress a person psychologically and you drive them into the, the recesses of their own shadow, right? In terms of Carl Jungian, the archetypes that are within us and, you know, the Jungian theory about the darkness that is in all of us. Well, if you're forced into the darkness, <laughs> you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna begin thinking that way, and as a result, what spawns out of that? That spawns all this negativity. That spawns these these new truths that are happening, right? And because the old truths that we all agreed to, and it is an agreement, right? Society and human interaction is an agreement. And, and, and so think about how many of the unspoken interactions that, you, that take place, right? The unspoken rules about how we uh, assimilate with each other, how we respect them. Someone walks into your coffee shop and they stand in line and they wait their turn. And then, hey, may I please have, you know, the AK? May I please have this? Oh, yes. Thank you so much. We're, we're glad you're here. Uh, and, and, you know, there's this wonderful kind of uh, of interaction that we've grown accustomed to. Well, now all of a sudden we're starting to say, well, whoa, whoa, that through these identity politics that are being just um, forced upon a, a a large group of people that aren't. Like, I I don't I don't feel that way. I'm not. I don't, I don't believe that's true, but oh no, no, it's it. You just don't know. And if, and if you don't believe me, then you're part of the problem, right? <laughs> you're like, wait, wait, what just happened? Why, why am I part of the problem? I'm just trying to understand what you're telling me right now. And, and people are like, no, no, shut up. You're the problem. And you're like, well, ah, you know, on your face, you know? And, and it's like, fuck, what just happened? And I think that's what's happening. The, our, our, our idea of what we believe to be true no longer is true and it happened quickly man why why can't like that's the thing i just don't understand is why can't it be cool to be a skeptic anymore man like it's like <laughs> like let's, let's let's fucking bring skepticism back like fucking bring it back man like question everything never yeah. take it as as like never take it on face value like people would be so much better off if they would think about each and every one of these positions of information they're being fed on this 24 hour cycle and work through it and then try to do a little bit more research outside of a meme. And I think this is just a a, a meme driven information society where if you're a skeptic, if you're just like, start like asking questions for whatever reason, Either side, it doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican or conservative or liberal or whatever you identify. Mm -hmm. If you're a skeptic, 
you're part of the problem. It's like, no, man, this group identity, yes, group think identity, that's the problem. It's not the skeptics in the United States that are the problem. It's because if you're a teacher in front of a group of students and half of your class doesn't understand what the fuck you're talking about, whose problem is it? Is it the <laughs> student or the teacher, right? It's the fucking teacher. It's the teacher. Nobody can articulate this to me otherwise or try to explain to me in a different fashion. If a portion of our society is misinterpreting or doesn't understand something, it is up to us to ultimately define it more appropriately and, and find the right information because we're, 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 we're here for a finite amount of time, which ultimately in the life and reality of the, the, the universe and the world is a very small blip on the entire, the, the, the universe's radar. It's not even a blip, actually. It, it, it would be like rotating on the round on the radar. <laughs> we're, we're really not even, we don't exist. Can I step in on that? Please. Last night I asked Jana, I go, Jana, I go, how, how do we know time exists? Mm-hmm. And then I wanted her to process that. And then I went back to her and I said, you know, all right. And then how do we know what we're doing right now is relevant to the magnitude of that existence? Right. And, and, you know, bringing those things into an individual's relevance, right. To say, you know, what, you know, I'm just going to get mine while I can. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to do what I need to do to get what I need. And I'm going to do whatever I have to do with right? That moral relativism that is just, it's like a plague. It's worse than COVID right now. And, and we have lost that sensation when, and you got to think about what are the drivers? What, what drives a human being to recognize that my decision, when I make this decision, when I, when I, come up with the idea, it comes out and I act upon it. How is it going to affect my neighbor? Mm -hmm. How is it going to affect my child? How is it going to affect the, the, the people in my community, the people in my clan, my tribe, my, my state, whatever, my team, whatever you want to do. How is it? We have lost, profoundly lost, um, like you said, through, I think, the perception that um, ideas can be delivered just at a whim, you know, whatever. Oh, look, look at this. This is cool. And this is what I'm going to eat. And it's cool. And look at this and all this. And it's cool. And I'm just trying to be cool. And I want to get likes. And, you know, it's all about that, that sensation of that validation. Whereas before we were validated by our ability to come together, right? We were validated by our abilities to, to link up with one another, to, to say, Hey, uh, I'm different than you, but let's find this common goal for us in order to work through it. And when you think about America and its in its history, man, you had some different cats that were able to come together and say, "All right, our common goal is is to throw the shackles of tyranny off." And we did that and have done that over and over and over again with such with such dedication and commitment that it's like, yeah, this is what, this is how I can, this is how I can structure my existence. This is a good thing to, to plant my flag in. This is good stuff. I'm going to have some sensation of, 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 of 
of pride, some sensation of, of, of family, some sensation of, of the things that make me feel deeply connected to God, the almighty, the infinite of the universe, that I am relevant, that I do have meaning, that my, my short amount of time on this planet is something that's, that's, that's unique, but it's only unique as if I'm willing to take what I am and be purposeful for the benefit of others. Mm-hmm. And that shit's fading, man. And it's fading rapidly. And I, I you know, I, I, I listened to this one guy, my friend, John sent me this, this guy who's giving these sermons and, you know, he, he sent this thing out and, and it, and he was like, he was like, he read, he's like, we all need to be more committed. And he, and he, he read the Navy SEAL ethos. Now, you know, immediately the thing, first thing pops in my mind is like, Nobody actually follows that ethos. Right? <laughs> yeah. We don't really follow that. In fact, it was forced upon us. And, you know, that's it. But, then I, but then I stopped. I, I, I the, the skeptic in me right. <laughs> stopped and said, well, let's, let me listen to it. And, and, and the ideas within those things, the ideas behind what it means to be a Green Beret, the ideas behind, you know, Semper Fi Dallas, man, the ideas behind these, these, these groups that have ultimately gotten us uh, this far. And, and in this way, man, these ideas, they, they no longer have uh, um, hold, uh, hold our attention. They no longer create themselves as the, the virtues that we want to be attributable to, right? And whereas people just want wealth, they want to, they want to, you know, they want to write a blog about, you know, how awesome their Lulu pants, Lululemon, <laughs> where were they want to do that, you know? And, and like you said, people aren't spending the time to be more intellectual with their advancement of, of ideas. And then also more, uh, <laughs> it's more available, more available to listen and to right. say, okay, hey, I get it. You you don't feel the same way, but we still have to figure out how to how to work together. And that's where that's what drove me into that abyss. Is that I'm I'm fearing, you know, the the opportunity for that time to work together is shrinking rapidly. And that that combined with this 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 deep betrayal I'm feeling. You know, when I think about it, man, and I think about what it means to put that uniform on and what it meant after those towers came down and regardless of what you think about it or anything, man, that that was an attack and it drove us into a war that is still going on uh, potentially. Um, Certainly the, the concept behind it's the geostrategic nature of what continuing to conduct that war against terrorism or radical ideologies, but now it's, it's shifting, right? But, how, like you said, how many of our friends that are dead on the battlefield first, that are dead training for the battlefield, that are dead as after the battlefield? And my most recent, you know, few, right? We lost three right back to back to back with each other back in September and October. The most devastating one to me was David Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, Why, why, why can't people understand that unless we figure this shit out, 
it's not going to be us in the uniforms that are dying. It's going to be the pizza shop owners, the gym owners, the restaurateurs, just like the men that were standing side by side with George Washington. Yeah. And I think, I think it has to start with, it has to start from guys like us, right? It has to start because I firmly believe in this philosophy, which is if you're not psychologically and physically equipped to help your family, then your family is, it will ultimately suffer the consequences of that. And if you don't have the ability to help your friends, if you're not psychologically and physically capable, and it's, it goes back to kind of the medical philosophy, right? It's self-aid and buddy aid, right? It's triage. So I think it starts internally. And that's one of the things that's been driving me over the last couple of months to, you know, have these conversations with my, have these conversations with my friends. I had the conversation with my other friend this morning. He's a star major out in Washington, DC. And I was like, man, I, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a, a philosopher, but what I will tell yes, you, yes, you are. You just don't know. You're just not willing to admit it yet, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I would need a lot more, I think, but if we start internally and if we start fixing and I, and, and, you know, there's a wide variety of things that we can fix. It could be, you know, a, a sprained ankle or a fucking neck issue or a back issue or whatever it is. And I noticed it even with my family, right? My back issue is bothering me. I'd wake up in the morning and I was, I was an absolute asshole, right? Mm-hmm. Because my, I was, I was in pain. I was in physical pain. I wasn't saying anything to my wife. I wasn't saying anything to my friends. I was just like in pain. I was just like, this is the way that I live and I'm a dick, right? Basically <laughs> like it dawned on me one day. I was like, man, I have got to fix this because it's changing my relationship with my family, my friends, my company. And it makes, it, it deteriorates my ability to ultimately help and support my family and build encouraging and positive relationships. And then during COVID, as far as like when it first came out, uh, what, what I was trying to tell people was, you know, stay positive. When I say that, like you have to work on yourself, right? So you have to stay professional, positive and play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because psychology in my mind is in, you know, I've said this in training a lot, it's more contagious than the flu. So with a positive psychology and some, a little bit of skepticism with some articulation, try to find some understanding. I think we can navigate our way through this, but we have to find thought leaders and give them some type of voice so they can inspire other people to be strong and healthy individually so that they can have a lasting impact on their family. If they have businesses or if they're obviously jobs of working inside of companies, they can go and make a direct impact inside their companies. And then that, excuse me, translates into their community and then their country, right? But it all has to start, I think, from the individual physical and psychological help, health. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the big things where it's like, man, I've been picking up the phone a lot like the last couple of months because one, I want to get out ahead and make sure that if one of my friends is struggling, that I can carry some of his load because I'm stronger now, right? I'm physically strong. I'm psychologically strong. I can reach out and be like, hey, jump on my shoulder for a while, man. I can carry your load for a minute 
Amen. Dude, this is a team event, right? This is a team event. And, you know, one of my goals is just to continue to try to, you know, one, make a positive impact. And I've said this to our, our community a lot, which is I'm not going to participate in negative commentary across any internet platform. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do it because there's enough of it out there. I don't need to participate in that. Honestly, there's just no need to add to another layer of negative information. I'm not going to participate and be part of the problem. I'm going to go out and be part of the solution. You know, when we're part of the solution and driving forward in a positive and productive way, professional, positive, and polite, that translates into the next person doing the same thing. And honestly, it's very childish, you know, domino effect when we look at it. But if I can fix kind of what's going on here, right? And yes. Evan's head and concentrate on what's important. You know, I know what's important when I go home when I pick up my three-year-old or my seven-year-old and they wrap their arms around you, <laughs> everything's gone in a, in a split second. Amen. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. It doesn't matter how broken or, or what problem or what, what's burning on in the background. It doesn't fucking matter. It all goes away. So emotionally, what that tells me is I have an infinite amount of energy that I can invest in things like that that will always pay me back in an infinite amount of way, right? Whereas if we directly translate our energy back into negative psychology, negative impact, one, I don't think it directly translates. So I don't think you can have a lasting and impactful uh, uh, translation of negativity. I think positively, it ultimately translates much better. But well, for me- certainly neurologically, it does for sure. I mean, we, we use three times the amount of energy, right? Neurologically to process negativity as we do a positive statement, right? You call someone a cocksucker, they're like, what does that entail, right? <laughs> you obviously don't like me. You're- <laughs> I mean, it's pretty aggressive. Uh, am I that, am I a cocksucker? Well, I, have do, I have to do the internals on myself. I have to process that. What is my, what is the appropriate response? Oh shit. Should I pop him? Should I take a step back? Is he going to pop me? I mean, that's a profound amount of stuff to have to process, you know, and, and we're not just talking about the, 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 the superficial nature of throwing insults, although those are getting out of control. But what we are suggesting is that, Hey, we're placing upon people your ideas, your way of thinking is not right. Yeah. And that's where things get a little dicey, right? And, and I think what's happening is, you know, what I'm hearing a lot, this is the worst one. And this is what really scares me. Like you said, is I'm hearing, well, fuck it. Yeah. You know, you reap what you sow. Right. And let's let this temptation on my, let's go to biblical times. Let's, uh, let's do this, you know, eye for an eye, man. If they hit us, let's hit them back. Let's rise up and let's, let's storm the Capitol, if you will, or whoever was responsible, it still was the exact opposite of what needs to take place, man. Yeah. You know, you know, violence begets violence, period. Right. And, you know, I, you know, that negative insurgency, brother, you know, the deal, man, you've seen it, you felt it yourself. I mean, I felt it deeply throughout my life. I'm prone to it. Um, you know, people always ask me, they're like, God, Rut, how do you do it? How do you, you know, how, how, 
how you always bring that positive spin to, to a situation. I go, cause I was a cocksucker for, for like 10 years, man. I was in the dark and I didn't believe that human beings genuinely had the capacity to, to work with one another. Cause I didn't have any faith. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if you lose faith in, in each other, which we are, we have, I mean, it's, it's, it's so palpable. It's that, how, you know, dude, the little I've traveled, right. I, I walked through the airport and it's like, I'm waiting for, you know, you know, some family to shiv the guy next to him or, you know, I mean, it's like, I'm just like, it's, you're waiting for just the attacks to come out. Like you're seeing, like we're seeing online, the vitriolic, you know, acidic hatred just spewing on top of each other remotely from behind my keyboard, wearing my tidy whities you know, and drinking my bear claw. And I think that's part of it, right? I think it's the the direct participation in in negative forms of communication. We're seeing that spill out in the physical form. We're seeing these things spill out and manifest. Yeah. And, and that's part of it is, uh, you, you know, for me, I want to, I want to help people and give them tools to participate in, in a wide variety of conversations that allow people at least optionality, right? Which is, you know, I was in Idaho yesterday, day before, yeah, yesterday and the day before yesterday. So I flew up uh, with my wife and it's so interesting because it's a small town, right? And you know, some of these places you, you just, people weren't wearing masks, like, dude, <laughs> we're wearing masks. And I was like, wow. And, and it's something so little, Dave, like it's so little, but psychologically, it's so psychologically, it was, it was incredible. It was like, oh, wow. There's a, a free, there's freedom here. Right? <laughs> Holy shit. Think and, about that, brother. Think about Wow. It. I know it's, 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 it's so like the gears start just fucking rotating around when I see this and you feel it and you're like these, nobody's wearing a mask and you don't have to wear a mask to go into this establishment. And Oh, by the way, it's not even socially acceptable in some of these places. They're like, they're going to look at you and go, where are you from? Los Angeles? Like what the fuck is going on with you? Right. (laughs) And, uh, And it was so interesting, man, because I was so, such a small thing where, you know, we have been, you know, living in urban areas and mainly in urban areas for quite a while. Right. So Salt Lake or San Antonio, Mm -hmm. you know, you travel, you go anywhere, but you got to have your mask. Like I've got my, my, uh, Sitka neck gator here laying on my desk because, you know, you got to wear it. And, um, and I thought, wow, the sense of freedom kind of just washed over me in a way where I was like, wow, this is incredible. When's the last time, this is the question, when's the last time you felt that? When's the last time you felt where you felt freedom? I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I think it was- Remember that last deployment where you stepped off the plane back in DC? Oh, yeah. Stepped off the plane from back when you were deploying with your units, you know? You come home and what's that feeling you feel when you yeah, feel like- you're you right. That ground, you're like, fucking America, baby. Yeah. You know? yeah. I was like, even though, you know, my first deploy or my second deployment in the teens, you know, came back from Afghanistan, get back middle of the night, you know, 
you know, everybody's there, family. I don't have anybody. So what do I do? I go down the plank in San Diego, get hammered. But, you know, just sitting there and like sitting like this is freedom, man. This yeah. is it. This is. And I know now what the difference is because I just came from a place where there was no freedom. There is You're no right. ideal. I, there is no freedom there. I'm watching human beings whip women and whip kids. And I'm watching people blow themselves up. And I'm watching hatred spew into every after. Af- avenue of education and every way they interact with each other. It's eye for eye. It's biblical and all this shit, man. And I'm like, God, thank God America ain't like that. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, man. You know, 19 years, 18 years, 19 years later, we are in a place where we're literally watching freedom just evaporate in front of our eyes. And, well, so- and, it, and it's a forfeiture. It's, a, it's an act of forfeiture, right? Which is even more insane when we think about it. It's an active forfeiture. So think about how psychologically, like you were saying, and that's the key, right? To be able to be analytical about your own mind first, your own heart first, your own soul first, and then how to see how that relates to the world around you. And just not having to put something on, right? This muzzle, this contamination, this all the things that represent within that, 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 you know, this this symbol, right? Mm-hmm. Um and, and you don't have to wear it, man. And you feel that sensation of freedom. That's, that's equitable to getting off a plane from coming back from combat, man. That's, that's scary. That is scary. It, and I think that that's where a lot of people right now, when they look at the entirety of this, the psychological weight of, of all the things that are being plugged in right now, right? So there's a massive amount of, of group stress on different portions of the United States, which ultimately translates from the individual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm fully conscious and aware of, you know, these stories of you know, people's businesses being shut down and people. Well, you must get hundreds of mail or emails and, and posts from people saying, Evan, what's going on? Help us do something. You know, what, you know, where, you know, I, I can't imagine you must be inundated with that right now. I, I think, me personally, I'm I'm not necessarily. But the right? company, Black the Rifle Company, company because sure. it's a symbol. It's a yeah. symbol for something that we all believe in. And, and now more than ever, we need good symbols. We need the right symbols, right? Not the wrong symbols. We need the right symbols. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, Black Rifle represents that symbol for so many people, right? And, it, you know, it's funny on the phone, you're like, I'm just a freaking coffee company. That's all I want to do. I don't want to be thrust in any political debate or any, or any in the middle of anything. I don't want death threats. I don't want to be, I don't want to be hacked. I don't want to be, man, I just want to sell coffee. I want, I want to talk about America in a positive side. I want to give people opportunities. I want to help my friends. I want to, I want to raise my children in a place where they believe this, this, the, these ideas, they're, they're real right. and that they're, that they're, that they're, they're not going anywhere. And I think right now there people are feeling kind of, Oh man, did we build this house on sand? Right. Is the cornerstone of our existence is, is that, is that cornerstone gone? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's scary shit. That's scary, scary shit. One thing I, I, I want to, I want to ask you because I know you're connected into a, a lot of very significant thought leaders, Right. And one of the things that I really appreciate about your comment before about, you know, the description of our forefathers, you know, being able to take a step back and, and, 
intellectualized process, think critically about an idea and craft it and shape it and craft it and shape it. One thing I've seen is that, you know, there are these, these people out there that are doing that, um, you know, and I think the only place we're seeing that, which was, is the phenomena of podcasts, right? The yeah. long form discussion and absolutely Joe Rogan, you know, has, has, has brought that sensation back to where, you know, it has spread across, you know, all these different areas with you guys and this, this show with Jocko and his show, you know, I, you know, I think, you know, Jordan Peterson, you know, all these people that are saying, no, we need to flush out ideas. We need to be able to, to really work through these things and, and, and move away from this, the instantaneous dopamine gratification of a post, a meme, a yeah. comment, and really get back to this discussion. Um, but when I look at, at, at something, you know, as, as substantial as an impeachment being rushed through in, in the shortest amount of time in the history of our nation, that's not telling everybody, Hey, we're really thinking about things right now. And, and so I, I, how, what, cause you are in communication with those people. You're talking to Andy Stump, you're talking to Jaggi, you're talking to these, you know, these guys that have a, a, a big reach. With a lot of people, including, you know, Joe Rogan. And by the way, I love the show that you did, you and Matt did with Joe. It was just, thank you for being such a wonderful representation of our community. It really, <laughs> it makes me so proud to even know you, but also proud to be a veteran. And just, you know, it was really an exceptional display of, 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 of what we should strive to be. And I thank you for that. So what do you think they're thinking and what do they want to have? And what do you want to happen? Honestly, it's so weird. Uh, you know, because I think a lot of us are having conversations that are relatively similar, right? So we're, we're talking about a wide variety of topics from censorship to, you know, politics, the impeachment, you know, the radicalizing of both the left and the right. However, we, we kind of flush all these things out. And, you know, a lot of people, uh, and, and I haven't gotten in depth with some of these guys, but I definitely have with Andy. I've spent probably more time on the phone with Andy or uh, more time with him recently. And I've spent a lot of time with like Trevor Thompson and mm -hmm. Jared Taylor, my partner. I talk to him every day about this. And I think, you know, Jared and I have a morning conversation. Basically every day we fucking talk for like 40 minutes about everything that's going on in life and kind of what's, what's happened the day before in the news cycle or whatever that might be. And I think what people are, are, what we're talking about is there, the lack of ability for people to coexist in multiple realities and facts, right? Oh, interesting. So it, you can, by the way, when I, when, I, when I kind of identify some of these things, you can uh, be really uh, disappointed in uh, the people that stormed the Capitol and also be a conservative, right? Those two things can live in the same ecosystem and they can live in the same party. Uh, you can be frustrated with the, you know, the the presence of the president's ability to articulate certain things via Twitter and still respect some of the policy issues. You can coexist in some of these realities, but a lot of people can't. They can't coexist in any reality, and there's not a layering of information that they can. Uh, chop through and ultimately organize, and then say, "I agree with this. I don't agree with this." Right. The beauty of life, in which you and I have con 
continue to talk about is our ability to be a skeptic, think and ultimately decide and then live in multiple realities. Uh, one of the things I was talking about today was like, you know, there is ability for me uh, in my reality to be a CEO of, you know, Black Rifle Coffee, uh, you know, do the things that I do in the, in the, in the company of 400 plus fucking employees, <laughs> awesome employees, you know, be a serious manager, uh, and also, you know, ride my one wheel around my parking lot, you know, wearing Hawaiian shorts. Like I, I there, that, that's my reality, right? Like <laughs> I can live in multiple realities. It's fine. I can be friends with Tulsi and also Dan Crenshaw and also believe that we need less government encroachment and also be pro two A. I I can live in multiple realities because that's the human experience. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing is the lack of understanding from, I think, a lot of people communicating via the internet that you can't live in multiple realities, which is ultimately chopping away the human experience. And then the expectation that if you're pro-mask, you're a liberal. And if you're anti-mask, you're a conservative. That, that is lunacy. Like it is straight lunacy, the politicizing and ultimately the dumbing down of America and then parsing out like what is left, what is right. That itself is deteriorating from complex conversation. Ultimately, the human experience of empathy and understanding who we are, our lack of ability to be intentional with our thoughts. Oh, interesting. That's a beautiful thought right there. Just to be intentional. Like, what does it mean to be emotionally intentional? What does it mean? With our thoughts going out and hearing thoughts too, right? Yeah. And, and to, and, and I, you know, I, I, I think, hmm, what is intention, right? And, and that's, I think the feeling that people are feeling is that the intentions that we're bearing witness to are not the right intentions. They're intentions that are designed to keep us divided. Yes. They're, and and then, then they're going to fraction out this group and that group. And we're, and before we know it, we're all going to be identified and, and locked up before we ever even open our mouths. Right. Mm-hmm. We're locked into this ideology just because, uh, well, I mean, think about it. I mean, think about all the different ways we describe people you know, whereas it used to be, wow, this person's fascinating. They've done this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Now it's like, oh, and they did this and this and this and this and right, right. The whole concept of of a person, um, you know, being uh, the that individual ruggedism, you know, ru- individual ruggedism, right? That was the concept back in the mm-hmm. you know yeah. what you know Horatio Alger, go west, young right. man, you know, it, and. And that was a, a something to be proud of. That was something to be uh, 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 hailed. And what I think this ideology, which is really you know, rooted in some very dark, dark places, right? Most especially, I think there's a, a, a definitive layer of Marxism that's permeating throughout. And we just want to do is look within. Or, or you don't have to look very far. No, I mean, it's right there. It's there. right there, yeah. and it's profound. And the and the and the and the verbiage is literally identical, right? All you mm-hmm. got to do is go back to the Bolshevik revolution and you can see the same verbiage. You can actually pull, you know, pieces of Lenin's stuff out or Marx's stuff out and, you know, and, and you can see where it is. But, you know, now it's like, hey, 
you, everybody's, everybody's important unless you're this group. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's really highlight the beauty of, of these people and, and these oppressed people and let's bring them up to the forefront and bring them up and let's, and let's highlight them and let's, let's loud them with praise, which, which, you know, if, you know, based on uh, meritocracy, yeah, if they've accomplished and they've worked hard and they have good ideas, yeah, let's praise them. Let's say, let's listen. We may not agree, but God bless you. You know, you speak, speak a truth. And um, yeah, that's great. Uh, but you, everybody on this side, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you just like, shut up, you know? Shut up. Just shut, shut up. Shut up. Like I literally, like I did this experiment this summer when I was still on social media and I, I, you know, brought in, it was about law enforcement and I pulled the FBI database and I, we looked at, you know, you know, shootings and all that. And I put forth these, these statistics and I posted it. And within, you know, five seconds, an argument had started. I, I tried to come and I, my, my, my goal was to try and keep it going in a rational way as long as I could. Right. Within, you know, 25 posts, almost four or five separate arguments had started between people, right? And where it devolved within one or two posts of screaming or quant. And the end result is just shut up. Just shut just up. Shut up. Just, just shut be up. Be quiet. Yeah. yeah. Just be quiet. And now we've seen it now where now it's happening. <laughs> now, now it's on a national level where... International, brother. I international. Just saw, yeah. I just saw a cardinal from Mexico who spoke, I just, I was, I forget where I saw it, a cardinal in Mexico, pretty high up, pretty good deal, right? You know, this dude has worked his way up pretty high in the church and, you know, he's hopefully he's, he's, you know, he's not a pedophile and hopefully he's actually doing the work of Christ and God, right. which we, you know, we need more of, but, but, you know, you know, he put out this thing that, you know, the, the new world order is a bad idea, right? There is no, it's an impossible thing. We, we aren't a collective. We're a group of, of really unique individuals that, that have to figure out this, how to work together, this, to, to come to terms with this, you know, unspoken agreement that we have with each other and, and Facebook shut his shit down, right? You be quiet, right? You don't like, don't talk about the new world order and don't be quiet. Don't be, don't be, don't be talking. Don't be, don't, don't be talking about things we don't want. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. And, 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 and then the classification of speech. For me, this is the big, this is the root issue. This is the root issue, which is causing immense pain, not only in me, but in my friends, but in, you know, people I know that are paying attention is that, you know, <laughs> If you control another person's ideas, if you stifle them, not, not by, by outwitting them, right? Or outthinking them or, or bringing more information to the table that they pot potentially haven't considered, right? Which is, you know, the grand majority of these knuckleheads out that are spewing out just, you know, baseless information based on how they got up that day and how they feel. Right. Um, but, but, you know, to the point now where it's like, no. Now, now, um, you're wrong. And, and now you're making me feel dumb. So now you're even worse wrong. Now you're, now you're assaulting me. You're yeah. assaulting me. I don't feel safe from your words. What the <laughs> fuck is that? I mean, seriously, what the fuck is that? That's what is like, whoa. Once you start attacking a, a, a human being's ability to speak, 
right? Now, granted, I understand a lot of things that people say can be very scary things. And we're seeing that there's a lot of scary shit going on. But should we stop them from saying it or should we, you know, get together a group of, of, of at least people who understand, hey, that you probably shouldn't say that. And, and we're, we're going to condemn you for saying, I mean, you can keep saying it all you want, but obviously that's not conducive right. to us figuring out how to fix something over here. But now, no, it's no more of that. I mean, shut the no fuck more. up. No, shut up. And that's where I'm scared shitless right now. Yeah, I, I think that all of us should be really scared because I, I and I, when I say all of us, I think just Americas in general, Americans in general, we have to be very confident in information as it's being put out and that at least our lines of information are secure, right? So, you know, I think there was a story published yesterday and Jack Dorsey was talking specifically mm -hmm. about how he, this was just the, the beginning, right. Of, of censorship on Twitter. Uh, and you know, I, that's a double-edged sword for me. You know, when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, as much as I, I don't like the, you know, neo-Nazi rhetoric and you know, like these are really just kind of, uh, there's unequivocally dumb people that, <laughs> that have access to internet. I don't like participating and I, I don't participate in those conversations. I've been, you know, the direct recipient of some of their, uh, their hate and vitriol. Uh, I also think that we still have freedom of speech and maybe the best ideology win on the open battlefield of information of ideas. Uh, yes. It, the best idea wins. It, it goes back to Socrates, you know, the Socratic method, of the ability to articulate and argue, and then ultimately may the, may the best idea win. And if it's a, if, if people are afraid, right. And we can't be afraid of the minority bits of information that people continue to spin up. And ultimately it's in fact, it's not, it's not grounded in fact, you can be afraid of that and on either side. So for instance, I'm not afraid of, of Marxism, Leninism. I'm not afraid of socialism. And the reason I say that is it can never win in an open debate forum in a free society. That's why it's never been able to catch right. uh, fire. But what happens with censorship and with a one ideological forum is that now you're living in an echo chamber and there really is only one idea that can prevail because it doesn't have a, a Socratic method or some type of debate or forum where people can push back. Uh, and so that's what I worry about, right? It's like trimming away at the freedom of speech, even though it is uh, horrific and I don't agree with it, I, I kind of say, well, that is freedom of speech, guys. Like you, we kind of have to take it all, you know, and we have to just be prepared in a free society to ultimately the, 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 the mental or intellectual short sword and shield to defend against stupidity. And when people take away the ability for anyone to speak outside of what is pre-designated by tech oligarchs, man, those guys live in a fucking echo chamber of echo chambers, right? It's like, the ultimate echo chamber. Yeah. It, it's, it's their the, own voice. It's their own voice. If we went to Silicon Valley and people can walk down the streets of San Francisco and see for themselves 
what this experiment ultimately has done. You rent one room for like $5,000 in somebody else's house, right? Everybody's, you know, working 80 hours a week, plugged into their electronic devices, trying to, you know, either work for a tech startup and make, become the next billionaire or whatever it is. And then, you know, electric cars, which by the way, I have nothing against, but technology is not a God. No. That's the other thing that people need to differentiate. Amen to that. Technology is to be utilized to enhance the human experience, not take it away. And ultimately, humans shouldn't be worshiping technology. And I think what happens in Silicon Valley, at least what I've seen, is that you have a group of people that ultimately worship technology and what technology brings I'm not anti-technology by any stretch of the imagination. I'm, I, I, I actually, I, I, I love seeing advancements in technology because it's, it's the exemplification of, of the human mind as it's being pushed forward in the physical form. I think it's fucking incredible. Well, so creativity I, that it allows all of us. Think, yeah. I mean, think about what would happen, what would have happened had Matt not gone, all right, I'm going to do epic rap battle, Navy SEAL versus, you know, Ranger, right? Right. I mean, and that, and that allowed this movement within him and you guys coming together and to get to the space. I mean, technology is, at its core was designed to make us more efficient as human beings, to share ideas, to, to, to be more creative, to advance the species. Fuck, we are landing rockets in the same place right now. I mean, yeah. that dude, Elon Musk, man, I tell you what, man, it blows me away that conceptually what he can wrap his mind and then, and then employ all these other people that get to figure out how to do that shit. I mean, it's funny, man. We, it's, it's like, it's running (laughs) when, when they manipulated the algorithms to really go after the psychology, right? The, 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 the dark spaces within our psychology, uh, the experiment went horribly wrong. When we, when we focus and focus it into a space where, you know, it, it, we're allowing it to create something of value. It, it does great. Right. Yeah. And it, and it's the duality of, of our existence. And, and to go back to another thing, you know, and I say what, all right, you know, <laughs> anybody who, who feels up to it, uh, go read a little, uh, read a little Nietzsche. Right. And, and start, just start your research with the, the, the phrase, God is dead and, and, and what he means by that and what nihilism rec- represents. And, 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 you know, you know, I, although I, I think Rousseau and a couple of those other cats were, were brilliant guys. The fact of the matter is, is that when you, what is, what are the thoughts, what are the foundations that allow humans to interact with each other? Right. It is that creativity. It is that dialogue. It is that respect. It is that, that under that empathy for one another and in in our own stories are relevant, right? Every 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 human being's story is relevant, and it's something that we should be considerate of, you know. Um, and just because you don't have you know two million and a blue check doesn't mean your relevance isn't there, uh, you know. And 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 this other thing is just because you died on the battlefield doesn't make you more relevant to the guy who blows his brains out, right? Death is death. It affects us. It's tragedy across the board. And we're losing that context, I believe. And so, you know, in, in, in the reality is as, as, or, or the new reality that we're seeing evolve is those agreements, that foundation is being dismantled piece by piece, right? 
Uh, we don't like this little piece. We're going to take this out. We're going to take this portion of, uh, of the agreement out. We're going to take this out. We're going to take this out. And I'm saying, whoa, 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 whoa. These are very critical aspects that we need to create that framework where we can live together in some semblance. Sorry, there's always going to be psychopaths. There's always going to be sociopaths. There's always going to be people who are uh, you know, inevitably prone to violence due to the, their upbringing, the traumas, whatever you want to sure. say, it's, it's there. Uh, thankfully we, you know, through law and order and through laws that have been equally mutually agreed on, we're good. But it seems like all of that is just out of control. It's just, it's this framework that has worked so well to, for us, um, you know, on and off granted. I mean, if you really, if you're honest about it, fuck even take the 20th century, man, 300 million people. I mean, we annihilated more people than all centuries prior to combined in the 20th century. And, and there's a, a brilliant, brilliant book I'm, I'm struggling to work through that really digs into that. And that's Jordan Peterson's Maps of Meaning right now. Right. And, and it's, you know, and it, and it digs into the heart of what this is, the agreement and who decides they're going to change the agreement. And, and then, and then before we know it, the agreement's been changed and now we're pitted against one another. We're pitted against each other. We're, you know, the whole, you know, the golden rule (laughs) no longer is the golden rule. And when you take that golden rule away from us, really take it away, um, that causes an immense backlash, an immense pain that, at after a certain point, when enough is enough, unfortunately, um, there you know people are going to stand up and 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 do things that they don't want to do, mm-hmm. right? And 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 that's what it, it's like. No matter how often I I try and tell or explain to people, listen, this is yes, it feels like the beginning. It feels like a, a significant uh, a dissension right now that we've just embarked on that we're like, all right, shove it up. And it's, you know, instead of like, it's a small world after (laughs) all, it's a small world. It's like, you're going to fucking die. (laughs) I hate your way you think, right? You're going to die because I'm going to silence you, right? Whatever, whatever that song is and that ride, fuck that ride. I don't want to go on that ride. I've seen that ride. And, and, and we got to figure out how to, how to, how to, how to, how to create a space, right? First, with, like you said, within ourselves, create the space within ourselves to just set your anger aside for a moment, put it off and then evaluate what you're genuinely angry at. Why? And, and then, and then evaluate like this presumption is that what, that's what we're all making these, these hardcore presumptions. If this doesn't happen, this is going to happen. If this doesn't happen, this is, we have to do this now, or this is going to happen. And I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I, 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 again, you know, we need time to really think this, but it doesn't seem like we have time, but we have to say some group of people. And it's like, it's like our collective, you know, can push forward in a way that says, Hey, let's do it. And we need some kind of smart, Cats from academia to push back, maybe Eric Weinstein and some of these other guys that are out there that have big voices. And then we need, you know, the, the Tulsi Gabbards, the, the, you know, uh, whoever, man, uh, you know, uh, you know, Dan Crenshaw, all these to push in on this side. And then we need the business folks that aren't these fucking crazy oligarch people 
to step in and say, whoa, 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 man. Let's think about this a little bit better and create some kind of form that isn't, you know, a fucking tweet, man. Right. And I think a lot of it is just deciding what, you know, to, to go back to your point is what is America, right? Yeah, and, great and question. I, I, I had you know, this thought, which is freedom, right? So what does freedom really look like? And regardless of your party affiliation, if your goal is to give people more freedom and to emphasize, because truly I do think that's what America is all about. I, I really do. I think at the emphasis and the cornerstone of our country, it's about freedom. Yes. It's freedom to worship who we want to worship. It's freedom to discuss the topics we want to discuss. It's the freedom to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? It's those things that, that really it's the foundation and the cornerstone of our country, which ultimately says we have created something beautiful in a, a, a very eclectic group of people <laughs> that are bound by their ability to do something that no other country in the history of man has been able to do, which is we have to establish a governance by the people, right? And emphasize freedom of the individual. And when I look at both parties, it doesn't matter when there are portions of the party that are pushing agendas that ultimately strip people's freedoms away. It's anti-American. So whether it's restriction of speech or whether it's, uh, you know, restriction of uh, religious or, or ability to worship or travel or commerce, whatever it is, Vote. I look at each and every one of those pieces of legislation. I have an app on my phone that pings me every time a new piece of legislation is ultimately That's cool. for. And I, I personally kind of look at these things and I say, this is what I think America is about. This is what I want America to be. These are the team members I want, which is people that are on, you know, for a lack of a better term, Team America, which means <laughs> freedom. Yeah. yeah, which means freedom. Man, you, you're, you're my partner. Like, yes. let's high five. Let's get it on. Let's go. Like, this is awesome. Like, the, 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 the countries that you and I have both been to, and whether it's, you know, our motto to free the oppressor, de espresso, de, de espresso, de oppressor, liber. Um, You've been drinking a lot. I've been drinking a lot of coffee. <laughs> a lot of coffee. Uh, you know, I just don't want to live in a, in a, in a, in a, in a country or a world where I have to listen to low level bureaucrats with zero uh, ability to think through a complex problem, enforce uh, arbitrary regulations on my, myself, my family, my business over uh, non-quantifiable data, for instance, and when you're a skeptic and you're questioning, and that should be encouraged in a society. That should be encouraged. Like, hey, I am so happy you asked that question. Not, fuck off. Get like, out of my class yeah. right now. Get out of my class. Can you Don't imagine? Can you imagine? Yes, it's hey, happening. It is, it is happening. And that's the unfortunate thing with, I think, if, I think the corner that we have to turn as like, 
guys that have, you know, podcasts and guys that, that have any form of, of relationship to information with some form of experience, but we're on team freedom, right? We're on mm -hmm. team America for a, a lack of a better term. We encourage people to be skeptics. We encourage people to think we encourage diversified pool of information where you can still live in a world where you can read, you know, Nietzsche, you can also read, you know, the communist manifesto and you're not going to be, you know, crucified by one side of the, 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 the country because you're too heady of an intellectual. That's absolutely, uh, one, I think it's, it's ill-founded too. I think it's very dangerous for mm -hmm. any of us to say we shouldn't be reading or listening to different forms of political philosophy you can still read something and completely disagree with it. You can still listen. I mean, fuck, I don't know how many hours I have in my lifetime of listening to either NPR or CNN and going, well, that's bullshit. Or, boy, I don't agree with that. Or, wow, that's interesting. I, I was pointing this out to my wife today, this morning, not pointing it out to her, but we were talking about the, uh, the New York Times has a podcast that I've listened to a few episodes. And when I started, when I, when I like, chopped it and completely turned it out was they were throwing Eddie Gallagher completely under the bus on a oh, wide damn. variety of topics, calling him a war criminal without a conviction, which I think is, this is a great example, which is he wasn't convicted. The, the, the news outlets and media had ultimately convicted him before there was a trial. They'd already propped him up as essentially a murderer. And then he was acquitted and there, there was no apology. There was absolutely no, here, we're going to go and fix the record because the system that we have, the process proved us wrong. And this is why we were wrong. Think about the damage that has been caused in his life over the misinformation of calling him a war criminal. It still exists today. That is perpetually that is factually incorrect. And that these news organizations still haven't fixed the record. And for me, when I look at this, this isn't journalism anymore. This is like, this is mob conviction. Ultimately, that's where you start to deteriorate trust between the agreement the journalist, the agreement, which is if you've done something wrong, you really have to pay the price of telling people that you fucked up. That's called accountability. Now you're getting to the point where people are getting so pissed off. Where has the accountability gone? And, and you know, I, I felt so very blessed to be able to, when I was, you know, still doing T&Q with, with Marcus and, and the wizard. And, you know, we had Andrea and we had Sean, his brother on when he was still incarcerated. And, and it was just, it was this really powerful experience to hear the anguish in their voices. And, and I don't know if you've listened to Sean had a really beautiful show with Eddie where Eddie tells the whole story in complete detail. Yes. And it is, it is, there were multiple occasions during that, that I, 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 I teared up. I, yeah. I started, I started feeling emotional, but within the same time as, as I was crying as to how Eddie was treated, not only by my community, um, but by the country and by these people that I was like, how is this happening? And then when he was proved innocent, you know, and there's, like you said, no retraction, there's no accountability for the, for, for lies. It's like, man, it's like, you got to go back to space. All right. All right. That's, that's their prerogative. But if, if you don't live, if there's no, if there's no 
internal um, sensation of, of, you know what, I, I wrote this and, and it was proven in a court of law. And my answer is, well, they're wrong. Regardless of whatever factual information I see, regardless of ever, whatever fact, you know, no, there, there are photos of the person doing this right here. Here are the emails of him doing it right here. This is the truth. No, that's not true. That now, now we're in now that, and this is the reason I think that we are in this, this very scary time is because, and I hear this perpetually and I hear it from my parents. I hear it from my friends. I hear it from people who, you know, barely pay attention to this shit. They're like, I don't know what's true anymore. Right. I don't know what's true. And, and when you don't know what's true, think about psychologically, we go back to that positive psychology spin. Think about, you know, and you see this and you see the mental health of, of children just plummeting right now. And then that just, that's what destroys me. We are losing generations right now of, of, I mean, there's certain, certain states now are saying we're not doing tests this year. We're not, we're, we're, we're getting rid of grades. We're doing all this. I'm like, well, what are you saying to your child that, that, all right, we're going to change everything because they're your, why don't we really help them? We get them back in school. We get them involved. We get that socialization. We get that, that community form better, the, the, that we get that interaction and we, and we start teaching them these things. But, you know, we're learning that every day through our leaders, through our mentors, through our coaches, through our, through what we're listening to, whatever echo chamber it is, we're, we're leading, we're learning that a tr- that there's the truth, right? The truth of this agreement is, 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 is not the truth of someone else. And then everybody is projecting, live your own truth, be your own right. truth, right? Create your own truth, man. Your truth is the real truth. I hear that. And I'm like, fuck, no, it's not. That's <laughs> not the case. Right. Right. Uh, 27,000 people at Shiloh. That's the fucking truth, man. Uh, you know, uh, what on, on, on D-Day, how, you know, how many at, at, at Utah and Oma, that's the fucking truth. 6 million as uh, burnt Jews is the fucking truth, man. So don't tell me that what you're telling, that what I'm trying to say that, Hey, we, there's, there's this relationship that we have to have. We have to agree that that needs to be built on something deeper than just ideologues and, and demagoguery and dogma and all this shit where it's a, it's something that we can agree on that. When I think in my head, all right, I'm going to have this thought. Is this thought going to be beneficial for us figuring it out? No, fuck no. Cause fuck him. He doesn't believe what I believe. He doesn't think what I believe. So I'm going to crush him. Shut up. Go away. In fact, you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to create some bill that makes you a traitor for even thinking that shit. Sedition. And I'm like, whoa. Where is the truth, Evan? Well, hold that thought right now because I got to go pee. I'll be right back. (laughs) Where's the truth? Um, Where? Where is it, Evan? Where is it hiding? I, I don't, I don't think it's hiding. I think that, I think that because of the access to information and how much information is out just in general, I think that there is more uh, responsibility on the individual consumer to vet where the information is coming from. And mm-hmm. ultimately when there's more responsibility, which in the human condition, I think, when there's more responsibility, that means more work. And there's a lot of people out there that don't want to put in the work 
in order to find the truth or at least center their being and become more intentional. We'll kind of use that more, more intentional with their relationship with information, both in and out. Uh, so from my perspective, you know, I, I listened to a wide variety of politics, uh, yeah, definitely up to the election. I was listening to a lot of politics post-election. I, I had to unplug. I was really just somewhat burnt out. Um, and one of the things that, that I've really tried to do in the last two months is, uh, one tune out of the, 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 just the national conversation, because honestly, it doesn't really change. It's always the same thing. It's just like rinse, wash, repeat, uh, <laughs> and become more directly tied in to, uh, we'll call it the, the pieces of history from whether it's, uh, the, the, whether it's, you know, the revolutionary war heroes, right. Or, uh, it, it whether it's, you know, the building of different civilizations in America, you know, it's just kind of tune into history because there's a lot of, obviously, you know, history is written by the victor ultimately, but you can, you can find a wide variety right now. There's, there's more information readily available to human beings than there ever has been in the, in the history of human beings. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think there are great places that you can go and you can find a wide variety of information, but ultimately it's up to the consumer to put in the work to figure out what is right. And ultimately what they have to decide too is maybe they don't know, right? Which is there's, there, there is, there's a lot of freedom and the ability to say, I, I actually don't know. I'm maybe I'm not smart enough, or maybe I just haven't put in the work in order to weigh in on this, but I'm asked that question a lot is to like, Hey, can you weigh in on this thing? And I'm like, not really. I, I you know, I, I don't have the ability because one, I haven't put in the work and two, I don't have the time to put in the work to weigh in on it with any form of value. I can't weigh in on that. Now I can create value in people's lives. I think by saying, uh, you know, what, what, what creates a positive mental health state you to navigate negative situations, right? And, and mm -hmm. I think it was one of the things that I really want to talk to you about today was you've gone through lows in your life, uh, you know, obviously, you know, recently, but what, what is it that you've learned in your life that really, that, that you can, you can grab onto and it's, you know, physically or emotionally or both you're connected to that that allows you to navigate the darkest of times. That's a, you know, I mean, that's, that's the million dollar question within all of us. Right. And, and I mean, certainly there are plenty of, of, of motivational guys out there that, that profess to, to give you, um, you know, how to, how to get six minute abs or, or, or how to make a million dollars in 30 days or how to right. set up your business mastery coaching, you know, shit. Um, I'll tell you how you, you got to suffer and you got to be willing to walk the pathway of pain. And that pain is something that, um, is what shapes us. And, and so for me, you know, it always starts 
the fundamental level of, of physicality, right? If, if I'm not working out, if I'm not improving my body, if I'm not uh, watching what I'm, I'm eating, if I'm drinking too much or, or if I'm ingesting too much, too many drugs or whatever I've done in my past to, to, to damage that, that proficiency of performance from a physical state, man, that, that's it. But when I am functioning at my highs, when I am getting back in shape and, and, you know, coincidentally, what, what had happened over this last few months is I had stopped working out, man. I'd stopped getting out. I had stopped, I'd loud those neck pain and the back pain and the knee pain to just, and then the emotional pain to just make me lethargic, which it does to us. Right. And, and, and I stopped and, and then, you know, Jana, my, my incredible, beautiful, wonderful, this woman who's, you know, she's former division one athlete. She's amazing. You know, she's like, that's it. We're, we're going to invest. We built a little home gym. We finished that. And man, I've been hitting it every day and that's bringing me back. Right. So that, that is first and foremost, man, what, what we do for ourselves physically and think about all the, the benefits from a, uh, every other, you know, it creates the structure to endure. It creates, right. you know, and if you challenge yourself substantially, a la, you know, the insane and, and loved David Goggins, right. You, you depend upon how far you go with, with these endeavors or Andy <laughs> his fucking wingsuit, crazy shit, man. And, you know, whatever you push yourself to do, the, the greater lessons you learn, and then you move into this next cognitive state, this mental development. And so what did I start doing, man? Just like you, I dug into the history books. I started reading Maps of Meaning. I started, uh, my next one is on the table is the Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Shitsunitsa or whatever you say his fucking name. But you know, I'm, I'm reading Dan Luna's book on leadership. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 you know, whatever it might be that comes out, um, you know, that's it. And then I'm keeping my mind active. Um, and you know, we're creating courses in the frog logic Institute now based on the frog logic core concepts. And I'm pushing myself mentally to try and sharpen my understanding of history my understanding of what humans have done and how we live and what repeats itself in the, in the thing in, in the correlation. Cause the one, you know, you know, you know, and on to that kind of uh, affect reality of our existence and in, in our emotional state, right. It, which is taking a beating. The one common thread amongst all of us is that we all suffer. We are all suffering, man. And I remember, you know, the first time I realized that, uh, you know, the color of my skin, my, uh, my faith, my religious background, whatever my unit is, man, you know, those are only distinguishable characteristics on the topic, but down deep, everybody who has lost a friend feels grief. Everybody that has lost a relationship feels that agony, that suffering. Everybody uh, at the same time understands the power of great friendships and laughter and, 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 you know, and these uh, investing in another people and the reward from that investment and what that means and the joy and the elation, man. You know, and the most important one of all is our ability to love. Man, like you said, what is the defining thing that is the ultimate truth in your life is when you wrap your arms around those two beautiful little girls. For me, it's the same thing, man. 
You know, I, 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 I have eight soccer games this weekend, eight, <laughs> eight. eight freaking soccer games, <laughs> yeah. you know, and these are play, I'm going to places that actually, you know, a few weeks ago in my state, I had a soccer game shut down because I wouldn't put my mask on. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going in with you know, my bat, my armor on, but you know, I, I, it's, it's about watching my children endeavor to persevere and loving on them and giving that and to love my, my, my future wife and to love you and to get that call from you, man. And the other calls that I got in the past weeks and, and to feel that, to feel, to say, that's my truth. That's the thing, man. When I hear Evan say, Rut, I, 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 I love you, man. She, that transit, that changes everything. And instantaneously, it wash, it pulls away all of the darkness, it pulls away all those things, and it it fills me with that light that makes me feel like I'm feeling right now. And then from there, it's the next level, which is the ultimate level, and where our faith exists, man. And I'm not saying that you gotta go out and go uh, 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 study Ephesians, man. I'm getting a ton of Ephesians lately, right? Don that armor of God, man. <laughs> Put that shit on, right? And 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 every day I'm putting that on, literally and figuratively. I'm putting that armor on, and I'm walking forth, you know, into the treachery of of temptation, the treachery of evil, man. And I'm I I I I had that evil infect me. I had that temptation, that lure, that negative insurgency that was saying, come here, Rod, come here, come back here. Let's get to that space where you're in your mind every day. You're saying, you motherfucking idiot, right? <laughs> right? That traditional, right. that operator mindset, everything yeah. you see somebody do, you fucking idiot, right? Or being told, hey, you fucking idiot, right? And, yeah. Man, and, 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 and to get pulled back in. But now, no, man. You know, it's getting in that scripture for me. It's getting in those those words that say, hey, trust in me. I will get you through. I am the light. I am the way. Man, and 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 to recognize that, you know, fuck, man, if I if I just spend the time in this place, all of the madness that's out there and around me, it's not going to destroy me. It's going to cause pain because, like I said again, we are rooted in pain. It is the human condition. Right? is the defining characteristic is that we will suffer. But how are we going to suffer and who are we going to suffer with? Mm-hmm. Are we going to suffer? Are we going to chastise people because they're suffering in their own states and fuck you, get out of here, shut up because you're suffering? Man, that's un-American. You know, and, and we hear the masses right now screaming out in suffering, at least you know, on both sides, everybody's suffering. And I know, you know, you know, it's just, and the voices are getting loud. Hey, we're suffering. Hey, we're suffering. They're screaming now at the, the tops of their lungs. We're suffering and just, it's falling on deaf ears. And when that pain is contorted and is no longer positive and becomes the driving force towards the betterment of who you are as a person and your servitude towards others and to God itself, Man, when you now that contort that pain and that pain says, well, fuck him. And I'm going to make him feel more pain than I feel. Man, that's not good. And so when I think of like, you asked me that question and like, you know, I'm getting hit with that. You know, what, what are you going to do, Rudd? How do you get through this? And, and I don't know the way. I, I'm not that smart, man. I'm just not. I wish I was. Sometimes I like to think I am and fuck, it used to get me in a ton of trouble in the teams because I thought <laughs> I was the smartest guy and I obviously wasn't. Um, 
that gets me in trouble. And now my, you know, being able to come back and have the people that I love most in my life say, Hey man, just hold, be fit, you know, have faith in what you believe in, have faith that we're all in this together. Your words to me the other day, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're like, man, they were like, they were like that, you know, that sermon on the Mount, man, that's what it was. It was that impactful. My other friend, you know, out in California, he sent me one too. My other friend up in Tennessee, man, these people are, you're saying to me, Hey, brought, you know, don't let go of that thing that we need you to have that voice, that, that idea that the pain, this pain is not going to defeat it. And ultimately the pain that we go through together is going to get us to that place of peace to where we can live, live in that state of peaceful pain. I think those are, uh, that's profound advice. I think that a lot of people, uh, definitely in America, they're, they're afraid of struggle. They're afraid of physical and mental hardship in any capacity. And, uh, and, and I've, I've told this to a lot of people too, which is you have to go in and, and face it, right? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it's fear ultimately, right? It's fear. It's avoidance. There's a lot of things there that uh, I look at and I say, okay, if I'm afraid of something, then I'm going to have to face it head on. And some things are not, they're not physical in their, in their ability to present themselves, right? They're, mm. they're emotional yeah, and they're, they're way more um, directly connected to the psychological and emotional state of the individual. So if you have fear, one of the things that, that I have, I think I've struggled with throughout the years is really fearing uh, a direct connection, ultimately the, uh, the idea that you could love a lot of people, right? Meaning in our subculture, previous existence, I think, you know, love was one of those things that was really muted and it wasn't talked about, Right. You know, suppressed even suppressed. Yeah, that's better. That's a better way to say it. So the last several years, I've, I've just tried to double down on my investment in love, right? Amen. Love thyself or love yourself, love your family, love, you know, my circumstance, my company, my community, my country. Um, and I keep doubling down on those investments and figuring out how I can work through regardless of the struggle that I'm in, whether that's uh, mental or physical, I'm really just trying to figure out how I can double down on what returns on what I think is the highest yield emotional return, which is mm -hmm. ultimately love. And by the way, that also takes the most work and the most pain <laughs> to, to put it in your direction, which is, you know, in order to have a more, fulfilling life, you, I think you have to be physically fit. Yes. Right? Same way that, that yes. you, well, that means you have to wake up a little bit earlier. That means that you have to put in a little bit. Extra. But not 4.30, but not 4.30. I'm not a 4.30 guy either. Man. <laughs> Jack would that. That's all his. You know, I, God I, bless him. I like to, I, I'm kind of a nine to five sleeper. You know what I mean? I like to sleep nine to five. That's, that's the schedule I'm on. But, you know, it's been really rewarding for me personally, just in the last year and a half, I think I've really kind of turned the corner in some of this because 
I can tell my friends that I love them without, um, without feeling that that's a weird, mm-hmm. a weird thing to say, right? A vulnerability. Yeah. Being vulnerable is, is a big deal. And some of my friends still think that it's a little bit weird, right? You know, because they're, they're who they are. And you're you know, still can, getting the ditto, man. Ditto. Yeah. 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 Same, that's cool. Same, that's same, cool. Yeah. Same, same, yeah. bro. Same, same, it. bro. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, dude. Uh, see you later, man. That was, that's awesome. You know? Um, and the other thing I started doing, man, was, um, I started writing people letters. Oh, and will you write me a letter, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, I would love, love to get a letter. I would love to start writing letters with you, brother. It's, it's a, it's in a very intentional form of communication. Right. And I wrote to my friend, he's running, uh, uh, Zach Iskell. He's running for mayor in New York. He's a former recon Marine. I uh, wrote him a letter. Um, oh, because, you know, and I do, I, I truly like appreciate and, you know, he started task and purpose. He's done veteran nonprofits. He's, he's also a Democrat, right? Mm-hmm. And I know what he's about to embark on. Like, I know this, I, I don't, I've never done it, but I can, I can empathize and put myself into his situation because politics is like throwing yourself into the wolves. right, right into the gladiator, you know, arena. arena. And, uh, you know, Zach is, is one of those guys where it's just, Hey man, I really appreciate, you know, what you've done for our country. And obviously I, I, I do believe this more veterans need to have a, a articulate voice and participate in our community governments. I'm never going to stop beating the drum for that. I'm never going to stop beating the drum for, you know, veteran advocacy in a wide variety of ways. But, you know, one of those letters or two of those letters, one of my other buddies uh, who's on the opposite side of the spectrum, right? Uh, You know, he lost his, lost his wife last year in Syria. I wrote him a letter because it means more, right? It it, it does mean more. Yes. So I have a stack of paper over here on my desk. It's like an inch and a half thick of letters that I need to write to people because uh, I want to become more emotionally intentional Mm. and how to connect to people in this. And I'm trying to navigate it the same way everybody else is, right? There's so much negativity in the world, right? There's so much negativity is, you know, I've been trying to tell people, tune out of Twitter that that doesn't exist. That's not reality. You can tune directly into yourself and directly into yourself will translate into your family or your, your friends or your loved ones. And I don't know if it works. I just know it works for no, me. No, it does. I just no, know it, it works for me. It, it does. Evan, Evan, this goes back to the very thing that started us out in terms of that question about what is freedom. Those men wrote letters to one another. Mm-hmm. Those letters to, to George Washington. And those letters of correspondence. Those letters from John Adams back to Abigail Adams. There's a whole book on on those which are yeah. just, uh, uh, just glorious, right? And because what what... And this is what in all the stuff that I do, especially when I work with individuals and private coaching and all that, I I immediately get them to start journaling immediately. First thing right off the bat to take an inventory of themselves from all these different sections of life. And then and then to ultimately begin to craft um, the world that they they 
see in existence now and then what they want to see. And they do it by, by consolidating and choosing the right words, putting the right sentences together, putting the right ideas. And it's funny, man, people are always so reluctant, but then once they do it, once they start to formulate these ideas, the, the breakthroughs that they have, right? Not only the breakthroughs and the recognition of, of the work that needs to be done, the pain, right? The application of pain right. and the, the forging process, but more so the, the, the ability to hone in on these, yeah, these ideas, these ideas that if we share with one another, in the way that you're describing, in the way that that human beings, since we first started uh, writing on the cave walls, right? We go out and we're gonna we had a good hunt, man. We all, you know, <laughs> old 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 Unkunthunkwak, you know, he only lost his foot today, man. and then fucking you know, he he got skewed a little bit. Where hopefully he lives. Let's put them that peat moss shit in there. But hey, hey, Evan. Throw that shit up on a cave wall right there, dude. And, you know, and, and so we communicate with each other in these glorious ways, man, through art, through, through voice, through interviews, through discussions, through letters, man, instead of, of really just, you know, just focusing on the menacing nature of, of, of our, really our, our own insecurities that then manifest into the perpetuation of that negative insurgency. So yeah, I think we should all start writing letters. In fact, that, that should be something you and I, you know, ask the listeners right now, Hey, uh, uh, write a letter into black rifle coffee, write us a letter, right? Write sure. us in man, write us a letter. And even, even better. I think man is, is like, I would take one step better, which is, Write a letter to somebody that you yes, like create a positive impact and surprise the fuck out of them because they're going to get it and they're going to go what? First of all, why didn't he just text me right? And then they're going (laughs) to open it and they're going to be like, what, dude? Is everything okay? (laughs) No, most of the time, man, people will hit me up and go, man, that that's really cool that you wrote me a letter. I'm like, that's just a letter, man. It's like. To me, it doesn't take any longer than an email, right? Mm-hmm. You, you might shave a few seconds off of this and you got to put a stamp on it or whatever, right? It's not that big of a deal. No. Really isn't. It's not that big of a deal. And, you know, I don't, it, I don't even think about it anymore, right? I, 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 when I say that, I don't think about it because like the first few, I was like, man, I hadn't written, like really <laughs> written. <laughs> right. Shit. For, you know, it was always over, you know, corresponding this yeah. way, or I would write notes and that's more shorthand and they're for me. So it's like very, you know, here's a block that I have to check and I'm writing notes on meetings or something like that. But writing an intentional letter that somebody's going to receive open and read for whatever reason, it feels differently than it does to just write an email and electronic forum. It also, uh, I started reading books. I used to read on my phone. So I download books and I would read on my phone, right? And I stopped reading on my phone and I'm, I started turning fucking actual pages in books, which means for whatever reason, I don't know why, it feels better to me. Yeah, there's like, it does. There's like an accountability there. There's, yes. there's, you have the, 
the 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 feel and the 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 crisp crack of the paper and the turn and there's the weight in your the hand, weight of, the weight of the idea. This is how much I've finished. You can't get that from your phone. It's like an infinite amount of material that you don't have the capacity to even understand what the weight of the material that you've read means versus when you have a pile of books, that is substance that you have ultimately created, right? Because you've taken everything from that and you've put it in here. You can weigh it. You can put it on a fucking scale. And for whatever reason, that material value, like actually putting a physical weight on something, even though it is, you know, words don't weigh anything. It's the actual page in ink, right? Right, right. For whatever reason, it means- Well, the metaphor of the words weigh, they're infinite in terms of the weight, right? I mean, think about the first time you read Man's Search for Meaning. Right? Think about the first time you write Gates of Fire. Think about the first time, I, I, I think about the first time I actually read the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Or I, the first time I read Acts and, and talking about Paul, you know? And, and, and the first time, or I go back and I, I read, you know, cards that my birthday cards from when I was a child, my mom says all that shit. And I yeah. go back and I read, or I read, you know, I just read thoughts that were, you know, and I've been a prolific writer I really started in earnest writing, like writing um, mostly poetry, short stories, stuff like that. But sit back in, in 1991. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'd always been an artist. So I'd always drew, I drew, I take time to draw pictures and, you know, and art is in, in this idea of creativity is so profound to me. It's, it's part of my core existence, but you're right. This has sapped us of that. Right? These computers and God bless us, it's allowing us to do it this right now, but it goes back to the, the, the context of, of, of the greater interpretation of the meaning of our lives. And the meaning of our lives can only be construed through the thoughts that we amass together and distribute to one another. And when you can, you know, take those thoughts and put it into this book and, 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 and read this book, man, it's profound. And, and, and to go that, like, I, I've been holding this, you had said, what, you know, what we is talked it? about. So this is a book called Flags of Freedom. And, and so when I first deployed to um, uh, Afghanistan uh, in 2002, I was out there. Uh, I, I went around to everybody in the platoons. There were a couple of platoons that are out there. And I said, hey, would you do me a favor? Would you write what America means to you? And, 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 and you wouldn't believe it, but like everybody wanted to do it. Everybody did it. So I, I had these things. And when I got home, when I got home, I put, I had them in this book, this beautiful book I'd bought in this journal book that I took over. When I got home, I gave it to my mother because my mother was the one who had felt the anguish of the potentiality of my death. Right. But she, in the same, in the same, in the same feeling, she also felt the greatest pride she had ever had for me as her son it was, you know, that duality, the intensity of that pain, right? The positive and the negative coalescing in, in its in essence. So I gave it to her. So then she turns around and she turns it into this book for me. And so I want to read one of these for you. Please. All right. And this is, um, it says, American, and I asked, you know, what does is, what is freedom mean to you? What does being an American mean to you? And American freedom, to the extent that we, as Americans, can even fully appreciate is everything. The pride of being a citizen of that 
country uh, of oppressed people throughout the world. They long to reach, they yearn to experience the joy uh, of a beautiful Cambodian girl who now lives in the States after fleeing the killing fields where her entire family was killed and she was raped and, and impregnated. The immense pride in being the country on earth that welcomes the downtrodden, the broken, the poor, the oppressed, and offers them freedom and a new start. Literally the land of opportunity where people get a second chance in life. The anger of seeing cowards and scum come to America and in their freedom that we gave them take flight lessons and hijack airplanes. To stand in awe of God's grace that I was born in the United States. To be grateful for the freedom to seek God in a way that very few nations experience. No threat of being beheaded. The freedom to choose where you want to work, if you want, if you want to go to school, where you want to live. Unbelievable freedoms. And yet we are the only country if we have men like the men, we are only a country if we have men like the men I serve with who are willing to give back and serve the country that gives us freedom. These are the greatest men on earth. And that's from my uh, a good friend, Double G. And, and the whole thing is just filled with these. That's cool. And, and, and so, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I go out and I, I break this thing out and I start reading through them and I was inspired. And, and I know, I know the people that are getting your letters are inspired and the people that are going to hopefully hear what we're saying today are going to be inspired. They're going to be inspired to then take their thoughts and deliver them for one another in servitude, man. Because fuck, this is what we got. This is all we got. And the options suck. <laughs> yeah. The options they suck. They really do. So I, I, think, I think it's important right now, I mean, for everybody to put some pen to paper and to craft out what this country means to you. And, and most, especially like you said, Evan, what the people that you love most, what they mean to you, share with them and tell them and love them and reinforce the fact that, that we are going to get through this pain together. Amen. I think the the that's a that's a fantastic place for us to to really kind of to put a book bookmark in this long conversation. I think you and I will continue to have over 2021, uh, which is I think for Dave and I both. Uh, I don't want to speak for you directly, but I think you know to invest your time and energy in things that will ultimately yield you. Uh, what I feel is the most positive payback and that's love. I think you have to reinforce and call, reach out to the people that have been there for you, your friends and your family, your loved ones. I think at this time, you know, there's a lot of negativity out there and people have uh, confused what America actually means and interpreted it for them. Uh, I think you have to be part everyone out there. I think you have to be part of the solution and remind people that you care about them, uh, that there's still a, a wide variety of people out here that really love the country, uh, that want to see it succeed and still believe in, in, in the, ultimately the values uh, of this country. Um, 
you know, now's not a time to add, I think, to the negative heap of the, 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 the fire that's out there, right? Be part of the solution. Uh, Dave, peace where can people peace find you? Yes, be part peace. of the solution in a peaceful way. Listen, if, if we lose that concept, man, if we lose the concept that, that the way to, to figure out, and granted, you know, we are a, a land of, of, of conflict, right? We, we, anytime we're born we, in conflict, we were born in conflict and that's yeah. a tough space because we naturally, we have a propensity to want to solve the problems with that. But, but that was, you know, from these external environments and how we look at what happened when we did it to ourselves, man. And, and, and you have to know, you have to know it will be a thousand times worse. It won't be uh, over 600,000 people. It could be over, over 60 million people yeah. suffer from that. So this is not the path. It is, it is a peaceful standing together on what is, what is righteous, right? What is, what is love, which is equality, which is, is all voices should be heard, right? Uh, and we should learn to figure out how to come bring those best voices, the voices that best represent all the different groups and whatever you want to say and say, hey, what is, how do we do this? And we've got a framework that's already in place, man. Um, it's not like we don't. Um, so I, you know, I think again, Evan, um, you know, I, I always, always, hmm. your call was exactly what we have spoken about through this entire show. It was the selfless reaching out to share your love with me, to lift me up in my anxiety and my anguish and my pain and to give me hope and to give me light. And it worked. It worked substantially. It worked substantially enough to give me the confidence to be able to come back and get out there and begin speaking again in a more focused manner, more with a more motivational tone or more positivity that has been traditionally my character. And so for that, I am eternally grateful as I am eternally grateful for our friendship, for our fellowship. And and it, it means more to me than so many other things in my life. It's real. And I appreciate that. Um, I just want other people to realize that's what it takes. It, it takes those, those that sincerity, that, that overt act of love. And, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be persecuted for it. Don't be afraid to stand true in it. Don't be afraid to, don't, don't be silenced. Don't allow your love for what your faith and what you believe in to be silenced, right? But to do so peaceably, do it with each other and lift each other up. That is the essence of American freedom. And it's the essence of America. It's, this is, this is the range we all walk upon, man. So, um, it, you know, I, after, uh, I'm pretty much off, uh, social media, um, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to create a, a my own frog logic app to where right. you know, I can do that. I, I've got a couple solutions we're trying to work on now. Um, the, the best way to kind of keep track of me is to just go to the website at teamfroglogic.com uh, okay. and sign up for a newsletter. Uh, we also launched uh, the froglogicinstitute.com uh, with courses. We're currently trying to build out more courses, going to hopefully have a couple new ones released in, in, in October uh, or not October, but um, uh, February that we have nice. one called embrace fear. The first course that we released, we've done that twice. We're going to do it again in February. We're uh, halfway through doing forging self-confidence. And then we're also, I'm working on with a guy named Dr. Chris Free, 
who uh, wrote a, a medical journal called Operator Syndrome that was released. And you can find that on my website, which fully describes Operator Syndrome, all the different things. And we're building a course for operators and for healthcare providers to be able to go and inform them as to the totality of what guys that have uh, uh, fought for America, fought for the freedom, what they're, what we're suffering from, how it works, and then to help these guys put together uh, an assessment, a legit assessment, and then to come up with a, a plan of attack um, that circumvents the necessity of one singular distribution of medical care, like the VA or something right. else. They understand how to br- broaden that out. Um, so, and then hopefully we'll have this app thing figured out by in um, in about five or six months. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's where I'd be. And then if a little bit of luck, uh, um, you can hopefully find me uh, on uh, Coffee or Die, Die yeah. magazine, uh, writing some some articles. And who knows, maybe my first one will be a letter to all of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we look forward to it, man. Like I really do. I, I uh, you know, when talking about, you know, our relationship over the years and Dave, you've been such a good, been such a good friend to me. And that's one of the great things about Dave. You know, I, I've tuned into Frog Logic and I've kind of seen it evolve over the years. And, you know, you got to tune in, you got to watch Rut do his thing because it's, it's phenomenal. And <laughs> thank you. You, know, you inspire, you know, you inspire so many people, I think, in your life indirectly, whether you know it or you don't know it. Um, you know, I, when I first had you on Drinky Bros a couple of years ago, I was like, man, this guy, man, is he's so infectious with your positive psychology. And it's like, we just need to like inject everybody with, <laughs> with some Rutherford, just fucking get him some frog logic. And, you know, I think now, it was, I was telling you the other day, I just think now is the, the time for so many people to just tune in and get positive and get refocused on how they can plug in uh, get, get themselves healthy, you know, get them healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I know that you've done that for me because, you know, Dave, Dave has been able to throw around the word love pretty frequently without, uh, I think without any form of justification, he just throws it around and it makes it easy for everybody to kind of talk about those things, which that's awesome. You know, for us, especially, you know, former operator types, <laughs> we get uncomfortable with shit like that, you know? And, uh, and it's just, it, it's just good. Right. And that's why I, I, I think this is just a series of conversations. Uh, hopefully I can get you back on the show about once a month where we can just shoot the shit and catch up and like talk about what's going on and fog logic, Dave Rutherford, but I talk I, about I, love. Talk talk about about love. love. Yeah, man. So, uh, check him out go over and sign up for the newsletter. You know, he's a, he's an awesome guy. He's one of my, one of my best friends do love him. So thank you so much, Dave. We'll, we'll hit you on the next one. All right. Thank you, Evan. I love you, brother.